0: Hi, I'm your host, Alan. And this is your host, Corbin. And this is your guide to Space Jam A New Legacy, directed by Malcolm D. Lee. So as we talked about in the past, Space Jam, the sequel to Space Jam was about to be in development um, pretty much since the original released. So back in 1986, there were already plans to go forward with a sequel, pretty much like the weekend that it came out. And as we talked about before, you know, there was going to be a new villain called Berserko uh, who was going to challenge Michael Jordan to basketball again, and the Tunes would also come back to help win. Um, but long story short, there was a producer who uh, made the decision that Michael Jordan had signed on when in reality he hadn't to keep the production going. Long story short, it ended up being scrapped. Uh, but strangely, there were still commercials with Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes Coming out um, after Space Jam, which led many people to believe to wonder why <laughs> oh, is Space Jam 2 not coming out? Like, you know, where is Space Jam 2? How come there isn't one in development? So there was some talk of uh, some spin-off ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's gonna be Spy Jam with Jackie Chan in the Looney Tunes, Race Jam with Jeff Gordon, um, Joe Picta himself was looking to do like a golf jam kind of thing with Tiger Woods and hopefully have Jordan in the movie as a smaller role. None of that came to fruition. Uh, Eventually it ended up with Looney Tunes back in action in 2003. Um, Oh, and there was also going to be uh, plans for a skate jam with Tony Hawk that was going to happen, but because of the poor performance with Space Jam back and or with Looney Tunes back in action, that, they completely scrapped that idea yeah. because it did horrible in the box office. <laughs> so ultimately, the property kind of just lay dormant for about a decade. There were some ideas that came in here and there. Um, there was a TV show in 2011 called The Looney Tunes Show. Do you remember that, Corbin? Because I remember it when they had The Looney Tunes Show come out in 2011.
1: Hmm. I remember uh, baby Looney Tunes. That's That's
0: about it. Oh, yeah. I remember that too. <laughs> yeah, so the Looney Tunes show basically was like the Looney Tunes, but they're in they're still a comedy sitcom, but they're in more like real life situations. I remember oh, seeing wow. it thinking this is the stupidest thing I've ever yeah. heard of. Sounds weird. Yeah. They wanted to get a a couple of movies out. They had a number of shorts that were CGI shorts that played before other films. Um, but they also still wanted to go for a full-fledged movie. Uh, also in 2010, the I- WB wanted to rebrand um, and hopefully get something off the ground in 2010. There was going to be a Pepe Le Pew movie with Michael Myers' voice. Um, they oh, also gosh. wanted to do a movie that explored Acme as they produced those defective products that Wile e. Coyote uses. Mm. Um, but of course, neither of those came out of fruition no. uh, until 2014 when WB announced that it was coming back officially, with the Looney Tunes and with LeBron James. Wow. They even were expressing some interest in Kobe Bryant coming in to direct. Uh, They pulled in ILM and a couple of animators, one animator from Walt Disney Animation Studio uh, named Tony Brancroft and a past animator for the Looney Tunes, Dan Haskett, who used to do animation work in 1979 for these cartoons. Now, of course, Kobe Bryant uh, didn't end up directing because I think he ended up dying before this hit production. And Hans Zimmer was going to be the composer. From what I understand, Chris Bowers came on to help co-compose and he ended up getting the full credits for Composer with Hans Zimmer's name not being anywhere in sight. Mm -mm. It could, I don't know if there was something that happened where they just went fully to Chris Browers or if that's just how it works where Chris did enough to gain the only composer composer credit, but Hans Zimmer apparently was involved at some point Hmm. during the production, which is interesting. Yeah. So as for a budget... Budget of a hundred and fifty million dollars, which is nothing to sneeze at. Uh this is definitely if this one feels more like, you know, mainstream Hollywood movie at this point, especially more mainstream, more modern take on Hollywood uh for a budget of 150 million. It's a pretty good budget.
1: It's a much bigger budget. Last time was 80 million for both mm-hmm. previous films, so yeah, I mean it made sense. There's a lot of CGI in this movie.
0: Now, opening weekend, of course, you don't have all the numbers here because it like just released, but opening weekend it got back 31.7 million. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, that's more than the original Space Jam. It is by about three
1: million dollars, three, four million dollars. It's really not not okay. by
0: much. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Of course, like I mentioned, of course, no domestic, foreign, or worldwide totals yet, as it like just released uh, about a week ago. When it did come out, it came out at number one. Um, it knocked out Black Widow from the number one spot, which had been in only for one week. Right. So, yeah. uh, it knocked it out, pushed it down to number two. Also released this week is the new Escape Room. Um, mm. Escape Room, Tournament of Champions. But, I think that was at number three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, it came out at number one. We'll see... Uh, if it retains this number one spot, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, of course. By the time this <laughs> releases, uh, that w- information will already be available. Well, sure. Yeah, that's true. So as for scores, uh, these I've kept an eye on them the last few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to finally, before we actually got to a chance to record this podcast, they've been fluctuating a bit. Um, IMDb score of a four point three. Wow. I checked yesterday, and it was at a three point or 3.2 i think so that's a huge difference it's fluctuated a little bit huh. i wonder if it's going to continue to go up because as we'll see here in a bit audience scores tend to be different from the critic scores yeah i when i saw the 4.3
1: i was shocked it i think it's has like nineteen thousand reviews so or scores mm-hmm. so that's quite a few but as of right now, this is the lowest of the trilogy, if you want to call it a yeah. loose trilogy. Right.
0: Right. I think it's a whole point and some change from Looney Tunes back in action, which yep. is already pretty low at a five point something <laughs> last uh, last week. Oh yeah. So not looking too great. Uh it gets kind of worse when we look at the meta score. Thirty-six. <laughs> there's no it's there's definitely no, in the red. There's
1: no coming back from that. Um Thirty-six, yeah. which is a crazy drop from the generally favor um, positive reviews of a sixty-four for Looney Tunes Back in Action. This is mm-hmm. a huge drop, and the drop from a fifty-nine of the original. I mean, if that doesn't tell you something here, folks, then uh, I mean, yeah, keep keep going, Al. Right. I don't I don't know if it gets right. any prettier.
0: Uh, not yet. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score of a thirty-one percent.
1: Yep. Just just so, critics don't like it at all.
0: Critics seem to really hate this movie. <laughs> um, But Rotten Tomatoes audience score is when things look to be a bit more optimistic. 81%, which is surprisingly high. After I saw the IMDb score, I was not expecting a high Rotten Tomatoes score. So I'm surprised by this.
1: Well, and the thing is with the Rotten Tomatoes audience score, those are certified scoring this is the new system Mm -hmm. whereas if you buy the ticket you get a link to rate it on rotten tomatoes i've done it before so that's accurate that's not people that haven't seen the film that's people that have seen the film 81 percent approve i'm shocked by that and i gotta
0: say i'm also shocked by the cinema score yeah cinema score a minus uh which is wow pretty dang good yeah uh and Letterbox kind of joins the IMDb <laughs> and Metascore camp of a 2.1, which is not so good. Yeah. But it seems like audiences tend to like it. Of course, there are definitely a number who don't um, because of the IMDb and Letterbox scores. But CinemaScore and Rotten Tomatoes audience score are looking kind of optimistic.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really weird. I Today I watched the movie. I, I know you watched it. The. I think the night before or something. And Mm -hmm. I saw Thomas's score and I thought, oh no. And I saw the letterbox score quickly jumped over to IMDB. I could not believe my eyes. And then there is this weird silver lining that it's just a tale of two scores here because the cinema Mm -hmm. scores, the cinema score is the exact same as the original space jam. So audiences straight out of the theater think this is just as good as the original, and the other thing that worried me was this is the longest of the three clocking in at just five minutes under two hours. And I'm thinking, yeah. this is long. It's about half an hour longer than the original space jam. And I'm thinking, what am, what am I in for? You'll have to wait just a couple more days till our review on Monday to see what we really think of this movie, but this is not looking pretty.
0: Yeah, things are not looking so good. There's definitely a huge divide here um, between, it's almost like you either love it or you hate it. And we'll (laughs) talk about it next when when this podcast comes out, when the Mainline Podcast comes out. From my own observation, um, there's definitely a pretty big divide with whether or not audiences tend to think it's a good movie or not a good movie. So with that being said, Corbin, Thank you for joining me. I will see you on Monday. Sure thing. And listeners, as I mentioned, definitely want to stay tuned because in just a few days, we'll be reviewing this movie in full. So you definitely don't want to miss that. So we'll see you then, listeners.